We have a special blessing this morning in that Steve and Joan Mann are here from Victoria. Steve and Joan uh, have been uh, the people responsible uh, during the last 24 years for the rise of a, an organization called Zambia Mission Fund Canada. And our church has a significant role to play with Zambia Mission Fund Canada. We have uh, a particular home, really, that we support. Uh, and we do other things as well in terms of sponsoring children and uh, baby bundles and things. You're going to see some of this in the slides in a moment. Uh, but we also sponsor the work of one specific home in which a number of, uh, of orphans live. And so our relationship with Zambia Mission Fund Canada is extremely direct. Like there, there are funds that go directly from our church to children in Zambia who need it. And there are funds that go directly from here to support works that are happening uh, in Zambia of various kinds. And Steve and Joan this morning are going to talk to us about that. These people are, uh, are wonderful servants of Christ. They are dear friends of ours. Uh, Robin and I have uh, been so blessed by them over the years. One of the ways that we've been blessed is that they are the people responsible for Megan being in our home. And so we're, of course, very grateful for, uh, for all of that that happened. And we just, there's a special relationship there that we cherish greatly. Uh, but it's, it's wonderful to know not only that there's that kind of relationship between us, but that we have a, sh- a chance to share together uh, in this ministry and to have a hand in, in really uh, influencing our world in a very positive way. And, and there are hundreds, thousands of people who've been positively influenced by Zambia Mission Fund Canada. So Steve and Joan are here this morning. They're going to tell us a bit about this ministry, show us some slides, and you're going to be blessed. Brother and sister, please come up here. And the batteries have been replaced, and so they should work just fine. All of you should have, by the way, have a piece of paper, and uh, they, they'll mention that and explain that in a moment here, I think, at some point. So if my mathematics are correct, you're 54 years old today, and when Kelly was 29 and I was 39... We loaded our suitcases with uh, things for a missionary, and we went to Zambia. And as it's taken Kelly and Robin's life in a different direction, adding Megan to the family, Joan and I have also adopted. And In our family, we have uh, three naturally born to us, and we have Tanya and Kathy, both from Zambia. So the reason that we're here this morning is mainly because of what Kelly just reminded all of you of, was how significant Calgary has been in the work that we have tried to do. Um, Our first trip there, uh, for me, wasn't a great one, and I thought I would never go back. But there is something about Africa that many of you know. Um, it gets in your blood, and, uh, and so for the last 25 years, uh, we've been going back to try and help out where our daughters have come from. Um, we became friends with the people in the community 
saw the hardships that they were experiencing, realized that being from Canada, we um, had been blessed uh, materially, uh, have probably made some mistakes in our giving to this work over the years, uh, straightened those out, we like to think, and have concentrated on on giving these little ones uh, uh, food and clothing for sure, but also an education so that they can have a spiritual relationship, so they can learn to read English, so that they can read the Bible, which will make them complete little human beings. And um, that's uh, been a significant part of our life. And so we're here today to thank you very much uh, for, your, for your financial support and for your input. And like I say, many, many people have um, visited um, Colombo, Zambia, um, over the years, probably because of that first trip that that we did. So again, thank you. We're glad to be here. And my wife Joan is, um, I guess you'd say, the nuts and bolts of this whole <laughs> operation. And she she's the detail lady and 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 knows everything that's going on. With the, with the charitable work there. And she's going to share some slides with you now. There we go. Can you hear me? All right. Um, Colomo is this little dot on the map of, of Zambia right there. And uh, our organization is really very small and, and hands-on, but, um, but being small has some very good benefits in, in that we can um, be directly involved. And, um, and so we make no apology for that. And uh, we just think it's um, the most effective way to, to make a difference. Actually, not far from there, right here in Livingston, is Victoria Falls. Some of you well, probably all of you in school at some point saw pictures of the magnificent Victoria Falls. So we're actually not very far from, from Victoria Falls. But interestingly, the people that we work with, the kids and their families, uh, just up the, up the road there, they've never been there because uh, they, they just don't have a way to get there. Whoops. Okay, this is um, just the, the main points that the, the programs that we are involved with, the programs that we are supporting. And um, the, the underlying um, focus or purpose of each of them is to bring the love of Christ to um, the children and their families in Zambia. And uh, so we are here today representing many students and uh, teachers in the community schools, um, babies and their, their caregivers and, and children in the community schools to say thank you to, to all of you for your help. Our, our physical base is a place called Seven Fountains Farm that we purchased in 2004. It's a 6,000-acre um, working cattle ranch, and we've leased most of it to a neighbor who is managing um, cattle there, and he looks after the driveways and the fences, and all the headaches are his, so we can focus on the kids. It's a great place to grow maize. The students have a field there. The staff have fields there. And uh, this is their, their main, their meat and potatoes, or their potatoes and their rice or whatever. It's, it's their starch, their, their staple food. Uh, 
And uh, it's a great place to grow children as well. This is one of two homes that are there that are dedicated to um, the care of kids who have uh, lost their parents. And this is Tendai House, managed by Wilson and Nancy Ciazilo. This is uh, Demolu um, and his sister Chibo. They are two of the kids that live there. These particular two kids were um, picked up at the police station in Coloma where they had been dropped off from a place way out in the bush. And to this day, we don't know their birthday or their family name, but um, they're, they're growing up well in the Cizilo home at Tendai. And uh, she's a, a very, very good student at school. So they're, they're thriving. This is Twombo, another one of the kids. Uh, this is... Memory and Willie, the two youngest kids, and uh, they're also doing well. They're in grade one now. And this is their bedroom, so you can see that they live in a fairly civilized way. Um, Whoops, the the farm is also where the containers arrive that we have been um, shipping maybe every year and a half or so. And uh, folks here in Calgary each year have made uh, baby bundles that go in the container, and this is... um, this is one of them here. Um, the gal holding it is a nurse, Tebia Kambulu, and she is a nurse midwife. She delivers uh, probably several dozen babies every month at the um, Nomianga Clinic, which is nearby. So I just wanted to show you that the baby bundles that you made, they got there, and um, they're being given out. Uh, this is some playground equipment that was from a park in Victoria where the old equipment was being discarded and replaced and so a friend of ours grabbed it and we sent it in the container and you'll see it again and uh, bags of clothing which are packed around all the hard stuff in the container and uh, school desks these are school desks given to us by the ministry of education uh, the school boards uh, they're just being replaced with newer desks but they're absolutely fine so we send these to zambia as well to furnish classrooms uh, the playground equipment, some of you might know Steve's cousin, Westman. He was there in March, and he put it all back together again, and so the kids have, have been having a great time. Um, and the, now we have Christian community schools as well, and these are in communities very near to the farm. Um, and they, uh, the kids there were in need of classrooms. There's uh, two places in particular, Katungu and Sibalumbi. These pictures are at Sibalumbi. And um, the, uh, these, this program is managed by a gal from Peru, married to a Zambian, who names Ruth Bamwai. And she is passionate for the Lord and, and passionate about building capacity within communities. And she very, believes very firmly that we should not be doing anything for people that they can do for themselves. So they make the bricks. The community makes the bricks. This is a kiln where they're burned. And they bring the, the sand and the rock, etc. And then our part is just to provide the window frames, the doors, roofing materials, trusses, etc. The cement that they couldn't afford. And uh, here is a bricklayer. He was working away in May when I was there um, building a classroom block that will have three classrooms. And you can see some of the finished ones in the background there. And uh, I just I wanted to just, uh, yeah, in fact, go back to the kiln, go back to the kiln there. Like there's, I remember when uh, Bob and Terry went before that there was almost a picture exactly like that because Bob, that's exactly what Bob and Terry did. Uh, when they went, was they made bricks like that, and then they ended up building school uh, buildings, classrooms, uh, identical to what's happening here. So, Bob, doesn't that look a little bit familiar to you? <laughs> yeah. 
I'll just add here, too, that the classrooms that we build are built to the local Ministry of Education standards. They do have standards there, and we must follow them. And so th these are um, f fairly well built. Um, and uh, so, we, yeah, we, we have to work within the, the local infrastructure as well. We can't just go off and do our own thing. So uh, this is a classroom block for Siebelumi. This is a preschool that is also under construction. I believe this is actually now just completed. And this is Ruth uh, Bamoy inside the preschool, and she is a construction manager, among many other things. She wears lots of hats. Um, and this is inside one of uh, the completed classrooms when it's finally furnished. And, and this is where the learning takes place. It's all about learning, right? And so, but you have to have the physical structure. It helps to have a physical structure in place for the learning to happen. Um, Ruth is also in charge of a, a student sponsorship program. Now, this program is for mostly high school kids and college students, which provides school fees, which are paid to the um, learning institutions on behalf of specific students who qualify. Now, they come to us at the end of grade 9 as they are going into grade 10, and that's the point at which they go to a boarding high school, which is costly. And so in February... The kids come with their school results from grade 9, um, and uh, they come hoping for a sponsorship and an opportunity to go to high school. So uh, the, Ruth tells everybody, come back on a certain day at a certain time, and, and the crowds show up. She interviews each family. They have to bring um, family members or guardians or whoever they have, and uh, she gives them a whole the lowdown on how the program works, our expectations. Um, forms are filled out. Here's moms, moms and dads or aunties and grandmothers helping forms to be filled out. And uh, when, when they're finally approved and in the program, we take their pictures, and these pictures are, are given to the um, people here who sponsor them. And uh, these two were sponsored just this year. I think we added about 35 or so new grade 10 students this year. And this is a college student up at uh, the University of Lusaka. And uh, so this is the final step for Ruth. She goes to the school. She's in the bursar's office here at Zimba High School. And she's got a spreadsheet there with the kids who've qualified. She's going to write out a check. And so the, the money from sponsors here, the money does not go into the hands of the students or their families. It goes right to the school on behalf of certain, uh, the kids who qualify. And uh, when there's surplus money, she'll take them to Bata Shoes in Coloma and buy them all new school shoes because they have to wear black shoes. And uh, yeah, she's, she's a very good money manager. And, um, she also believes that um, uh, it's important to teach a work ethic. And so... Every Saturday, the kids from Colomo High School, where the majority of them are, they uh, come out to the farm. And uh, they spend about three hours out there, and, and uh, they are divided into small groups. And they will do physical labor, uh, such as um, working in the garden. These boys were um, making hills for growing sweet potatoes. The big garden at Casenza feeds the orphans who are living there and the staff. So it's a, just a great um, uh, situation. And uh, these boys were slashing grass in the orchard. Uh, these kids were harvesting maize. It was a, we were there um, when I went back in, in May. It was the time for harvesting maize. And uh, some of the girls get in there and, and just hold babies and socialize babies. And at the end of the morning, we get together on the front lawn and have buns and 
and uh, some juice and a devotional. Because, um, as Ruth says, you can be a brain surgeon, but if you don't know Jesus Christ, it, what's the point? So, um, at every opportunity, um, they're learning the Bible and um, learning to worship God. These are college students. Now, they have a longer uh, term break, and so they'll come for a week or two weeks at a time and stay at the farm and also help with some of the manual labor. Uh, Richard and Sue Krogsgaard have been very involved with this program, with with these students. Um, Richard will um, give them um, Bible lessons, and then for a few hours a day, they will also do manual labor. And he's been... He's been uh, working alongside them, teaching them how to paint and do various uh, helpful tasks as well, practical things. And sometimes, a couple times a year, there'll be just a fun day where Ruth has all the students come and we play games and, and kick a ball around. And, and again, there's always, always, always uh, a Bible story, a Bible lesson. Um, also at the farm is a house called Casenza. This is for babies who uh, need temporary care. And this is the staff. Uh, every morning at 7.30, seven days a week, the night staff and the day staff overlap a bit, and we have a devotional. And uh, the babies and the um, staff all come together at that time, and uh, so there's a time to worship God. The, the day begins with the Lord. And uh, this is little Willie, who's at Tendai, but the kids from Tendai come and play with the babies um, almost every day, and a little girl, Rosina, who is in care. And uh, one day in February, we came home, and um, and there was a dad and his sister and little twin girls. The mom had died about six days earlier. And uh, so you just never know what the day will bring um, over there. These little girls were taken into care, and they're still there. And uh, but, but the family are um, given lots of encouragement to, to just make a plan, be thinking about how you're going to raise these kids um, when they get to be a bit older. And so uh, th- these, these kids will go back. They'll probably actually live with this auntie who is in the picture. And this is one of those twins a few months later, Chabota, getting her first haircut. And uh, this is Abraham, Abigail, and Porteus. Abraham's mother is alive, but she has been very, she's very frail with um, HIV AIDS, and she just can't care for him. So he stays uh, up at Casenza. This is little Chipo number two. There's two little girls named Chipo there. And uh, she arrived at the end of April. Mother was about 17, I think, and died again about a week after the baby was born. And oops, and that's uh, Siba Jenny, um, whose father died when the father died when the mother was pregnant, and the mother died when she was about six months old. So she she is already a double orphan. But she has extended family. Here's her aunts and uncles. They came to visit one day. And when she's a bit older, one of them is going to take her home to, to raise her. But just so, so the care is just, is just for a while while the family gets their feet under them and makes a plan. This is Lumamba. Lumamba's mother is also alive. She is also HIV positive. She's had tuberculosis. But she is really improving. And so um, I think very soon Lumamba will go home to live with his parents. So it's really nice to be able to give these families or to give these babies um, a place to thrive and grow while, while, mom, um, while mom's health gets better. Um, when the families can't come to the farm to visit their kids, we take them to visit their families. So this is little Abigail here and uh, visiting her aunties. And uh, Abraham's mother, um, for a long time, she was not well enough to even make the trip up to the farm. So we would take Abraham into town to visit his mom. 
we had a, a friend from Victoria, a physician, come visit us in um, in March, and he examined this little guy. Most of the babies are very healthy, surprisingly, considering the status of their mothers is often positive, but the babies uh, thrive. But this little guy was not doing so well, and uh, took him to the hospital in Livingston, and here he is in the intensive care in the pediatric ward, and, and, and little Charlie did not, he, he was not meant to live in this world, but he's, he's gone home to be with the Lord. So um, we do have a few um, that don't make it, but most do. And we also have a milk program. Abraham here is guarding the formula. On the 15th of every month, uh, about um, 15, between 15 and 20 um, mothers or families come and get formula for their babies and uh, th- that they are able to keep. But they, for whatever reason, they, the mothers can't breastfeed. And... Um, and so they come and get formula. This is Sue Krogsgaard from Regina, who has spent many, many months there. And uh, But these families, they don't just come and get their formula and go. They sit and, and we chat with them. We find out how things are going in the family. Um, we talk, especially Sue talks to them about family and birth control. And, um, and then every baby is weighed to make sure that they are gaining weight and thriving. If they're not, sometimes mom and the baby will come and stay for a while here at Casenza while we figure out what the problem is. And uh, to, because we have all these kids and the staff have children up at the farm, um, we have a primary school, which currently is preschool in grade one. And um, this is the teacher, Richard. He's just a fantastic teacher. And uh, so the, the kids have a place to, to learn there. And when they get to be grade two and up, they, they would walk to Siobalumbi or to Good Hope School, to schools close by. Um, this is Sunday school. This is the back of the church building. Through that first door there is the preschool, and beyond that is the church uh, where we worship every every Sunday. And uh, Sue here is working with another gal teaching teaching Sunday school. So this is just a real quick summary of, of the programs. I'm going to finish with this slide because it looks like this right now over there. This is this was taken in the hot season, which is hot right now. The jacarandas bloom. They're absolutely beautiful. And uh, I just love this picture. The women were just walking home with babies. Well, one had a baby on her back and water on their head. And, you know, life is just um, simple like this. And uh, anyway, I'll just finish up with this. If you have any questions, I can try to um, try to answer them for you. How much interaction do you have um, well, with the, within the education, a lot. Now, um, actually, with social welfare office as well, every time a baby comes, we have to right away take the paperwork into the local social welfare office so that it's all on file there. And uh, we also have to comply with the Minimum Standards Act that the Ministry for Children or whatever it is called over there that they have in place. So we have to follow their standards. Like one of them, for instance, is that you cannot have more than three babies for every caregiver. And we we actually, that's minimum. So we actually have uh, three babies for every caregiver and sometimes two. So we, you know, we we try to at least follow that and maybe even keep it a bit better. You want to be, because you want to replace a mother, right? You... um, which is you can't do, but you want to do the best you can. And then Ministry of Education, um, Ruth is there all the time trying to, you know, work with getting teachers posted to the schools and, and uh, with the construction. 
the construction has to be inspected at, at certain stages. So it's, you very much have to work within the infrastructure that's there. Pardon me? Um, yeah, they do. They're happy to have you there because, you know, you're doing things that they can't do for themselves, right? You're, you're providing the funds to, to build schools that they know are not going to come from from their own government. So, yeah, they're, they're happy we're there. Yeah. Um, well, it it's usually coordinated with when we're going to be sending a container. Actually, we're having a meeting Wednesday to get some of those things figured out. But the last stuff that was sent from here, it arrived in that container that you saw in the pictures. Yeah, it arrived in the end of February. Yeah. Mark? How is this different uh, than uh, that program in Ukraine that um, yeah, the, Mark's asking the question of how what we do in Zambia compares to what we do in the Ukraine with Jadon Rogers. Um, and there, I mean, there's some, certainly some comparisons, but there are some differences too. The work in Zambia is um, more children-oriented, for one thing. Uh, the work in the Ukraine sometimes is more educational-oriented, especially with uh, adults in the Bible college there, or the institute. But as far as the, um, you know, relief work to people who have needs, you know, in many ways it's the same thing for sure. The, the one big difference maybe I would say is that this is so, um, what happens here is just so, so located here and in Victoria and it's, you know, very much just a, a Canadian work and, uh, and so very direct between Zambia Mission Fund Canada, which really is is them and a, f a few of us who are on a board and, you know, and then lots of people who just volunteer their help and then you. I mean, in a sense, Zambia Mission Fund Canada is, is you and the money that you send to the children. Uh, so that's that's one difference. There is a, a more, uh, there's more influence from, from the states with the Ukraine ministry, you know, than what there is with Zambia F Mission Fund. But the, I mean, what we do with Jay Don is fantastic. We'll hear about that in December, you know, as he comes back every year and and does a you know, great job of informing us about what he's doing there. Good question. Um, because it changes from year to year. Um, I, I would say yeah, 150 to 200,000. Yeah. Um, 12,000 comes from Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the $12,000 that we give here, uh, we do a number of different things, but one of the things we do is we give money specifically to support Wilson Ciazilo. And you, you have that piece of paper. There's a letter at the top from Ruth, and then there's a letter at the bottom, just a brief uh, a couple of paragraphs there from Wilson talking about their work. And w Wilson and his wife, Nancy, are the ones that we are most specifically involved with in terms of our $12,000. It goes specifically to supporting the children that are in Wilson's home. Of which there are how many? There's eight. Eight. Eight kids there. Okay. You also, um, some of it also goes to sponsor some of the teachers at the community yeah. schools. Yeah, and we do. Sorry. No, well, I was just going to say we do do some other things as well with that because we, there are students that are sponsored and there, you know, we had uh, sent Bob and Terry there and you know a few years ago and and built some classrooms and 
we continue to do the baby bundles and the clothing and those kind of things as well, in addition to the money that gets sent. So. Greatest blessing for for them, yeah. Um, I would say that there's a hope for the the future for their children. The the parents more and more um, are they want their children to be educated. They don't want them to have the lives that they have, and they they know that education will help their children too to kind of break out of that cycle that they are in. So I would say probably the greatest blessing is is um, that education and, and knowing Christ. Um, greatest need or challenge. <laughs> they, can, they can be two different things. But, um, I think sometimes the greatest need is for patience and for prayer because um, there are always obstacles. It's always, you know, two steps forward and a step back and it you you know working in a different culture working within um people whose whole way of thinking is is different whose whole realm of experience is different they can't even imagine for instance they can't even imagine living somewhere where the electricity stays on all the time right that that's just out of their scope of thinking and so to get them to think about what is possible um, because it starts here. You think about what's possible, and then you, you, you take the steps to make it happen. So maybe maybe just patience. Ruth Ruth Bumwai, that gal. I'm telling you, she she just keeps advocating and advocating and advocating for those kids. And sometimes I I wonder where you know where that continues to come from because it could be very discouraging. But she just hangs in there. And a lot of the discouragement, interestingly, even though the, the powers that be in the ministries, they want, they're, they're happy to work with us. But some of the rules and regulations are, are very onerous and, and in a way ridiculous. Uh, but you have to work within them. And so there's a great deal of, of um, patience needed there. Um, there is some work. Yeah, a lot of them do. The ones that get a college education, um, if they become a teacher, we put, we try to put them back in those community schools. And, and especially if, because we get to watch them as they go through their, their years of high school and, and uh, teacher training. And so if they've got a great attitude, good heart, um, Ruth will really fight to get the Ministry of Education to post them into the schools that, um, that she's developing. And so, so, yeah, so some do get jobs right at home, and uh, others will get jobs in Lusaka in the bigger centers. Yeah. Um, industry. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is some thought given to that. Yes, it's. Uh, yeah, some. That, that we could do more in that area, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, your questions. And Joan and Steve, thank you excessively, uh, not excessively, abundantly, for uh, c- coming and being with us this morning. We're really grateful that you're here. And it's uh, such a blessing to 
be in relationship with you guys as a church and with Zambia Mission Fund Canada and know that the things that we're doing are so directly impacting the lives of children who really, really need us. So thank you very, very much. Thank you.